We're just hours away from what could be a pivotal moment in the Georgia election interference case against former President Donald Trump. A federal judge will hear arguments from co-defendant Mark Meadows as he pushes to get his state charges moved to federal court and even possibly dismissed. District Attorney Fonnie Willis of Fulton County will provide evidence and legal arguments detailing her sprawling anti-racketeering case against Trump, Meadows, and 17 other co-defendants. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who was pressured by Trump to find him more votes, has been subpoenaed to testify, and tomorrow we'll learn, uh, likely learn, we think, the trial date for the federal election interference case against Trump. Special Counsel Jack Smith wants it to start in January. Trump is pushing for April of 2026. Let's discuss all of this with uh, lawyer George Conway. Uh, George, great to see you as always. Um, let me ask you, uh, you know, this, this could be, uh, it, it's kind of strange to think that Fonnie Willis is going to be going into federal court to, to lay this all out to prevent the White House Chief of Staff, former White House Chief, Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, from having his case moved over to federal court. What are you going to be watching for? Well, I'm going to be watching for is we're going to get a little preview of the evidence yeah. that, that she has. It's a, a little bit of a mini trial. The issue isn't, you know, whether he did bad things or whether Trump did bad things. The issue is whether or not what Meadows was doing was basically under color of his federal office. And that's the, that's the, that's the language in the statute, under color. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. What it means is that were you arguably working on behalf of the United States of America? And the answer is clearly he, he was not. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's been saying that I was exercising my First Amendment rights. Well, if you were exercising your First Amendment rights, you're engaging in political speech, which is violative of the Hatch Act. And that's not what you, you work for us. You, did, you weren't working for, you're not supposed to be working for the Trump campaign when you are chief of staff white. So he, you know, the answer is he went down there in his own private capacity, either that or he was violating the Hatch Act, and he went down there in his private capacity. He was engaging in, in political activity in support of the Trump campaign. And there's no way that that should be held to be under color of, 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 of federal law. It's got to be one or the other. It's got to yeah. be one or the other. Yeah. And uh, Fonnie Willis, I mean, I kind of wonder what the strategy is going to be for the Fulton County District Attorney because she also has a trial to prepare for, and she can't necessarily be laying all of her cards on the table. Does it, she has to be? I, she doesn't have to. Yeah. All she has to show uh, she is, uh, she put, she'll put Raffensperger on, and my guess is going to be, he's going. You know, Raffensperger will go through what happened and in the sequence of what happened. Because what happened was when they were when Trump made that phone call. Was it January 2nd? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right before January 2nd. There had already been an audit, a full audit of the Georgia results. There had been a recount. The this electoral votes, um, the, the, the Biden had been certified as the winner, and the electors had been chosen, and the electors had already sent their votes to Washington. So there was nothing... And, and, the, and, and there were and, people inside the Trump campaign, right? And, the, and the White House saying, "Forget it, it's over." Correct. And the tree, and, and the yeah. people who were telling the fake electors to be fake electors were campaign people, not not government people. And beyond that, I mean, there's so many arguments here. Yeah. The the the, the United States Constitution and the, and the federal election laws do not put authority in the President of the United States to monitor any elections, even federal elections. That's not his job. It's, it's, it's the job of the states. And if there's a violation of law, you know, then there could, be a, there could be enforcement by the Justice Department. But it doesn't put the president and his chief of staff, in, give them any direct role in monitoring the security of elections. And here there was no issue about the security of elections. And, it was about stealing an election. It was yeah, and you and I have talked about Trump so many times. Do you think there's any way? You mean, yeah, P0113580. Whatever yeah, that I'm trying, to, I'm trying yeah. to call him that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a series of numbers. <laughs> right, yeah. And, 
I just wonder, is there any chance in the world that he would accept a plea deal? I, I don't. He put never surrender in that ad or his fundraising appeal using his mugshot, never surrender. I mean, going into a plea agreement would be surrendering, I suppose. Right, and I don't yeah. think he would do that. I mean, maybe he, if he got a full and complete pass, he might think about it. Um, but I, I just don't. I, the problem is it, a, a, a guilty plea would require him to admit fault and admit wrong. And he is basically the quintessential um, malignant narcissist, and, and they can't admit error. He won't admit error. He won't even admit that he weighs more than 215 pounds. So. Right, yeah. I, if uh, he's 6'3", 215 pounds, right. I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> Well, Tom, that was yeah. actually Tom and Brady's Tom, rookie numbers and exactly. when he, in the combine. Sadly, I am not 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, but oh, you yeah. think some of the other co-defendants might, might yeah, plead Yeah, I, I think they're... You, I, I'll what does that do to the case? Well, I think it makes it, streamlines the case yeah. for uh, the district attorney, which is, which is good. Yeah. And, and focuses, allows her to focus more on the defendants who are remaining. And I think it's, you know, it's in the best interest of many of those people to, uh, to plead. Because, you know, they don't want to go to jail in, right. in, in a Georgia state prison. It's not, not a good place to be. And I want to ask you about the debate. Um, during Wednesday's debate, uh, Asa Hutchinson, the former Arkansas governor, was the only candidate to not raise his hand when asked if he would still back Trump as a nominee if he's convicted uh, in a court of law. So you don't think this was uh, uh, Christie's... Well, I guess, was Christie, uh, where was he? Was he, sort he did of this and then went down. And he, I, and then maybe he said he, yeah, he maybe we can give Chris Christie I, I, a better I, I, bit I, of the doubt. Maybe yeah, he's exactly. in there, too. What was that? What did that say to you? Well, it said to me is about that the party, this, about where this, the party, where this, where this primary contest uh, is. I mean, the party is, right. is, is going nowhere fast. And the metaphor that keeps popping into my head is, or, or simile, <laughs> the, I compare it to that Malaysian Airlines flight. It, um, I know this is a terrible comparison, but from Kuala Lumpur, it was supposed to go to Beijing, and the crazy pilot flew south into the Indian Ocean and ultimately ran out of gas, and everyone was never seen again. Mm. You know, here you have, you know, GOP air, and you've got this nut job locked in the cabin, and he's flying off to nowhere. You've got, you know, people in first class like Pence, who's you know, I don't know, maybe seeing, watching the Barbie movie because because mother is asleep, and you've got you've got um, you, you've got uh, pen, uh, you've got uh, p other people just sort of pretending nothing's happening. You've got you've got Hutchinson and Christie running up in the up and down the aisles saying, "This guy's flying us to nowhere. It's a yeah. disaster." But and it, then all the people in the back are saying, "Oh, we like the pilot." Yeah. And it's too late for them. But 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 in all seriousness. I, the party right now is is all Trump. I mean, it, it, no, no, they're, they're almost right. all Trump that's right, right now. And, and Do you see any potential for any of these other candidates to emerge that no, can knock them out of the race? No, right? and that's the point, I, I mean, with my extended metaphor I was trying to make, is that if they had tried to turn the plane around four or five years ago, they could have made it back. Yeah. They can't now. They were in the middle of the ocean, and even if they got control of the plane, it's out of gas and it's halfway to Antarctica. Yeah. It's a disaster for the, for the Republican Party. And, and the, pe the smart people in the party kind of know that, but they can't do anything about it. And, and you talk, I would imagine you talk to people in the party, uh, and they acknowledge this privately. I, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to divulge um, conversation. But right. they, they, you know, they, they don't 
divulge that to me in, in the sense that you know they're, they're not going to share that with me, but they know better. Yeah. They absolutely know better. All right, George Conway, great to see you as always. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.